Now please remain standing and turn your Bibles, please, to the second chapter of Philippians. A letter to the Philippians, chapter 2 and verse 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him, and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And may God add His richest blessing to the reading of this portion of His holy word. Will you pray with me, please? Again, our Father, we're thankful for Your word, and we ask now that You would help us to humble ourselves under Your word, beneath Your mighty hand, that You might lift us up in due time. We pray that You would draw near to us now, that you would speak to us by the power of your Holy Spirit, that we would hear our Lord Jesus Christ, and we would see him by faith, in spite of the inability and sin of the preacher. In Jesus' name, amen. Be seated, please. The incarnate Christ, part two, humbled and exalted. We've been looking at who Jesus is this Christmas season. And last week we saw that He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He's one person who is fully God. He's God, but He's God with us. He became fully man. He has two natures. He's divine and human. Our scripture today from Philippians chapter 2 says that he went through two states. First, he humbled himself, and then he was exalted. Well, second state, uh, being exalted is still going on. He's exalted now, always will be forever, but... Those two states of being humbled and being exalted. From December of the year 1811 to February of the year 1812, a series of earthquakes struck near the town of New Madrid, Missouri. That's on the west bank of the Mississippi River, just barely across the river from Kentucky and not more than a minute of latitude north of Tennessee. Actually a fault line or seismic area, whatever they call it, the New Madrid seismic area there. Though there was no Richter scale back in 1811 and 1812, on February the 7th, 
of 1812, an earthquake hit that modern Scientologists from the reports recorded estimate to have been somewhere between a 7.7 and an 8.8, which is absolutely massive. The earthquake was so great that it reversed the course of the Mississippi River. You may have heard of that. Waters that had been headed south to the Gulf of Mexico turned back and began to flow north towards Minnesota. Or as that's just beneath the confluence that epicenter of the earthquake, some of the water presumably pushed back up the Ohio as well. In this passage, the Apostle Paul is saying that Jesus coming into the world, taking on our humanity and humbling himself and, and then finally being exalted that Jesus literally reversed the flow, reversed the course, not of a river or a stream, but the course of everything. What Jesus did in coming, humbling himself, and being exalted has the power to change the course of every one of us. Let's get to it. First in this passage, we see the person of Jesus. The person. Look at verse 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God. And I just stop there for now. He was in the form of God. It doesn't mean he was only a form or he only had the appearance of God. I mean, God's invisible. It means he was in possession of divinity. The old Princeton theologian B.B. Warfield said that he had, Jesus had all those characterizing qualities which make God, God. The presence of which constitutes God and in the absence of which God does not exist. He who is in the form of God is God. Everything that makes God, God. Jesus has it. He's God. Look at the end of verse 6. It says, He did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Now, the word robbery is the most literal translation, but some of your Bibles may say something like, uh, He didn't consider His equality with God uh, something to be grasped or something to be seized or, or something like that. In, in a robbery... You grab something, and you take it, and you clutch it. 
Jesus did not consider equality with God. It was uh, with, with it with God to be robbery. It was not something to be seized and clutched. He already was God, equal to the Father. It wasn't something he needed to reach out and grab. He already had it. Now look at verse 7. But made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Now you see that same word there, form. He who was in the form of God now takes the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of men. Paul uses the same word here, form, because Jesus became as much man as he was God. Fully God, fully man. But he's one person. And his two natures, divine and human, they're not mixed. He's not a hybrid. You cross a mare with a jack donkey and you get a mule. But a mule is neither a horse nor a donkey. A a mule is a mule. Jesus is not a hybrid mix. He's fully God and he's fully man. Two unmingled natures in one indivisible person. We see the person of Jesus. Secondly, in this passage, we see the humiliation of Jesus. Look at verse 7 again. But made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. He made himself no reputation. Or or he made himself nothing. Literally, it says he, he emptied himself. Not that he... Stop being God. No, he didn't give anything up. It it says he took something. He didn't lose anything. He took something. Taking the form of a servant. He made himself nothing, not by giving up what he had, but by taking something he did not have. He took the nature and flesh and blood and mind and soul of a man. For God to do such a thing is an act of self-humiliation. He didn't grasp at equality with God, which he already had. Rather, he took the form of a servant. And as a man... He did not become an emperor like Augustus Caesar. He took the form of a bondservant. Now look at verse 8. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. He just kept going further and further down. He humbled himself. First he made himself of no reputation emptied himself, now he humbled himself, became obedient even to the death of the cross. That's why he did it. 
That's why he was made flesh. That's why he took on ten tiny fingers and ten tiny toes in the womb of the Virgin Mary so those hands and feet would grow up and be nailed to a tree. But the text indicates there was more to it than the physical suffering. Notice verse 8 says, He was obedient to the death of the cross. He was obeying the Father's will. He was offering himself willingly as a sacrifice. On the cross he cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That's what we deserve. That's what our sins warrant. But he stood condemned in our place. God came all the way down to stand in the place and hang in the place of condemned men. But we can't leave him there. Not on the cross. Not in the tomb. We see the person of Jesus. We see the humiliation of Jesus. Thirdly, we see the exaltation of Jesus. Look at verse 9. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He humbled himself. God highly exalted him. He raised him and glorified him. He came to die. To be obedient to the point of death on the cross. But the death was the means to the end. His death was the only way our sin, which has separated us from God, could be dealt with. It was the only way to get us out from under the wrath and curse of God. He had to endure it and absorb it for us. And He Himself, you think of this, He Himself became the first fruits of His own work of redemption. The first one to experience the eternal glorification He secured for His people. Not only in soul, but in body was Himself. And now at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's quoting there from the book of Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 22, a direct oracle from the Lord. It says, look to me and be saved all you ends of the earth for I am God and there is no other. I have sworn by myself the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return that to me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall take an oath. That's what the Lord said. To me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear. The Lord Jehovah says, we'll bow 
and confess him. And here the apostle Paul says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. In other words, everyone will confess that Jesus Christ is the capital L-O-R-D, Jehovah God Himself. To the glory of God the Father. It does not rob the Father of His glory to confess Jesus is Lord. Jesus said, I and my Father are one. So we see the person of Christ, the humiliation of Christ, the exaltation of Christ. And fourthly and finally, in this passage we see the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. Look at verse 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. There are deep things in this passage. Far too deep to understand. How can one person be both God and man at the same time? Two unmixed natures in one indivisible person. I have no idea. I don't know how that works. But the scripture is clear on why. It was so that we would have the same mind in us that was in him. You know, we said that what Jesus did in this passage was like the earthquake that reversed the flow of the river, except more. You know, last night, if, if you were here, we, we saw that in the first sin, Adam and Eve were tempted to believe the lie and make themselves God. And, and when they reached out and took the fruit, unlike Jesus, they were grasping at equality with God. They were, they were trying to rob the glory of God and make themselves God. They tried to glorify themselves, to promote themselves. And, and like the mighty river that begins with creeks and, and branches up in Minnesota and carries it all the way down to the Gulf, the current of sin sweeps along from the headwaters at a tree in a garden so long ago all the way down to hell. And the course of all mankind, including all of us, is that powerful current of self-interest, self-promotion, self-glory. But God Almighty Himself turned the tide. He made Himself of no reputation, took the form of a servant and went to the cross. He did the complete opposite in order to reverse the flow. Paul says, have this mind in you that was in Christ Jesus. 
a mind that pushes in the exact opposite direction of the trend of the current of the entire human race. How do I get this mind? Humble yourself. Take a knee. Every knee will bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen.